See, the reason why I grab a seat, the reason why Paul is wanting to know this resurrectional power is because he wants it operating within him. He knows he's going to need this power operating within him if he is going to accomplish the mission that God has for him as a major apostle in the church. If you read Paul's letters, you will see him talking about power within all over every letter. He says, I want to know weakness so the power can be perfected within me. He says, I strive according to the power that's at work within me. Go have a look at Paul's letters. You will see him writing about this resurrectional power through every one of his letters. Why? Because he knew to fulfill the mandate that was upon him, he would need to find this resurrectional power which was bought and paid for at the cross. And that same power is available to every one of us to bring us into this indestructible resurrectional life in Christ. Our flesh can't find it. Your mind will never understand it. The only hope we have is for us to seek and ask the Spirit of God to reveal it in us. That is the way in which the church is built through the power of the Holy Spirit, resurrectional life in us. The only way God builds his church. Otherwise, do you know what's happening? There's a whole lot of activity going on and it's all in vain. It's phenomenal. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. Are you in Christ this morning? It'd be interesting if we were here and we weren't, because I'd be like, okay, what are we doing here? The lost people, the lost have fun, not this day, but, you know. So if we're in Christ, then we are a new creature. We're a new creation. Once again, it's not an old life modified. The blood of Jesus Christ propels you into a new life. You're a new creation. See, too much of what happens within the body of Christ is legalistic behavioral modification. What that means is we try and change ourselves through our self-effort skills and we go to places we learn about this stuff the world's right into it they teach you you can change you and you can control your destiny and your desire and you can come up with your life it's full of it and people pay thousands of dollars to go to it and really we have our own version of it it's called legalistic behavioral modification as opposed to a work of the holy spirit the holy spirit is the only one that can produce the work within you Philippians 2.13, the only one. And he says that my people, by my blood, you are a new creation. So how much of the new creational life, the resurrectional life, the eternal life are we living from? See, he buys, pays the ticket, and then says, come on, come into the full measure of this new created life. You can't just stop and say, well, I'm a new creature, that's it. Yes, you are by the blood of the Lamb. Now grow and mature and live out the fullness of this new creational creature being life. Why? So then you're able to demonstrate what I ask you and command you to demonstrate. Think about what I just said before. The reason why he turns us into new creatures is so we can actually become the demonstration of Christ upon the earth. That we hear the word, the word goes to work in us because the word is powerful, active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces the heart and it produces life. And from the new life that's produced, I'm able to now be and be a doer of that word that I heard. So now I'm able to love as Christ loved. 
When I am reviled, I don't revile back. I love. Why? Because of the resurrected power. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. See, this is what we've got to come into as his people. To come short of it would become to short, come short of why he died. It's great that he died for my sinful nature. Thank you, Father. That opens the door for the reality I just said. Without that, I will never enter into the fullness of the reality. But I don't stop there at the cross. I don't worship the cross. The cross was a killing instrument. We don't worship guillotines. We don't worship weapons. We don't worship the cross. The cross was powerful, but we don't worship the cross. We worship the Christ. And if we worship the Christ and come into the Christ, we come into the fullness of Christ's life. For you are a new creation, bought with the blood of the Lamb and His body to live and come into the fullness of that new created life. Can you hear me? Because it's so powerful. Come with me to Hebrews 7 verse 11. Hebrews 7 verse 11. So I shared, I told you, I'm going to share the why, not the what. Nothing wrong with sharing the what. And at this time, it's traditional to share the what. But we're not into traditions here. We're into commandments, not traditions. Amen? Because the commandments set you free, but the traditions don't. Hebrews 7 verse 11. Now, if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, Hear what I'm saying, okay? Hear what the Spirit's saying. Not the words, but the word. Now, if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it, the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? There's two things happening, isn't there? Can you hear that as you read that? There's the priesthood of Aaron. There's the priesthood of Melchizedek. Two lines. So Jesus had to arise from the order of Melchizedek, not the physical order. See, we're all about the physical. He didn't come from the physical line. He came from this Melchizedek line. That's crucial. We understand this and get a deep-rooted conviction of this because it affects the way we live. For when the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes place a change of law also. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated at the altar. These are powerful words. Pray the Spirit of God reveals these words in you. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe with reference to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. And this is clearer still. If another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such not on the basis of a law of physical requirement, but according to the power of of an indestructible life. For it is attested of him, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Who are you and I called and chosen to be? Priests. 1 Peter 2. For I have called and chosen my people to be a royal priesthood. What, of the line of Aaron? No, of the order of the spirit, Melchizedek. This order has no genealogy. It's not about bloodline. It's not about physical stuff. It's of an order of an indestructible life by the power of the spirit. Is this hitting us? We are so locked into the physical, we're in bondage to the physical, we don't see the spiritual. But the true spiritual, when it's received, coming into this full created measure, outworks itself in a physical demonstration. It's able 
to love when it's reviled. You see, your my kingdom is not of this world. If it was, my buddies would come and rescue me right now, but this new order doesn't live like that. You see, when he's in the garden, what does Peter do? What's one of the things that Peter does in the garden when Jesus is about to be arrested? Chops off Malchus's ear. What order is that of? The flesh world or the spirit? Because the king of kings is about to demonstrate to everybody in that garden what his new creational beings look like when he picks up his ear and he sticks it back on. Let me show you guys what love looks like. Peter, put your sword away. And let me show you what it looks like. Imagine being one of those guards. We don't even know why we're really coming to pick this guy up, but we've been ordered to. So we better do what we're told, otherwise we're in trouble. So they turn up, a, squim- a fight starts, and you know the guy that's in his team does what we would do. And now he rebukes the guy in his team and heals us. How are you? This is not how this goes. We're supposed to enter into a fight. We sword. One of us kills one another. And then we go, yay, we won the war. You, by the other hand, stop your guy, rebuke him, pick up our guy's ear, stick it back on, heal him, and tell your dude off. See the difference between living in a new creational order in a way because you're new creatures, born with a price, the power. The only way you can live like this is we're intimate with the power of the resurrection. It's a power that causes a new way of living. None of us can live like that in our humanity, can we? None of us can. Not one single person can love like that. Man, someone cuts us off and we're effing this and blinding that and giving the finger for that. And don't tell me none of us do that. I've seen you. Because <laughs> I know myself. Things don't go the way we want. Why well, I didn't get invited to this. Blah, ugly comes out. That's not of the new order. That's of the old. So my question again, how much of our sanctification is legalistic behavioral modification or a genuine work of the Spirit? You know what you get if you're trying to change yourself through legalistic behavioral modification? Those are big words, eh? Religion, which leads to bondage and death. What was the question the rich young ruler asked Jesus? What was the very first question he asked him? What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Not eternity, an eternal life, a life lived out now that has eternal values, eternal, resurrectional, indestructible You search the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you have eternal life. But I tell you, and you fail. In fact, it says you are are not willing to come to me. Legalistic behavioral modification. And so here's this rich young ruler asking the question. You see, he kept five or six physical laws, hadn't he? I've... Love my parents. I've done this, done that, done this, done that. What did Jesus say? Son, you haven't even started yet. You've been doing all this in vain. And I'm coming and I want to do a work in your heart now because really it's about his heart. It's not about his possessions. The only reason he has possessions is because his heart isn't surrendered. So he has idols in his life, and idols keep you out of the kingdom, don't they? So he was short of something, and Jesus' life, there's something he's short of, is found in Christ's life. 
but he turns and he walks away when Christ identifies the thing that needed to change. Do we do that? I would hope we don't, but I think we do. And yet, he's keeping these commandments, physical laws, but Hebrews tells me that the way into this life I'm talking about is through the power of the resurrection, not through keeping physical laws. There's a challenge right there for the church because we're wired to be good little boys and girls that tick boxes. No, that's of the flesh again. See, the role of the Spirit, we sang about it in the very first, that song, is the Holy Spirit's role through my surrender and my submission to the realization that I can't come into this life through physical laws. As that hits me, then I'm humbled And then I scream and cry out for God's help. Well, that would be a first, wouldn't it? Rather than trying to do it ourselves. And then he comes in his power and he starts to lift us up to the resurrectional power of his life. And all of a sudden now we're being elevated into a position and we can give glory and testimony to it because we know what we've been trying to do. And now we're truly in the life. And now we can speak of the life because we've gone through the process. But those that are continuing to go through legalistic mod of, mod of that, that, <laughs> I was going so well, legalistic behavioral modification aren't able to give true testimony of this work. And the sad thing is some people in the bride of Christ in the body are still in this system. They even teach it. They promote it. People hear it, believe it, and start doing it. That is criminal. So, what is this resurrectional, indestructible, eternal life like? And how do we live this life out more? What is it? And how do we live it out? I'm just going to read you my words. It's a life that is consumed with him and on fire for him because of the true knowledge of God this life is receiving. Knowing him and living for him is the only thing that really matters. And this position defines everything else. It defines family, career, sports, other passions, other desires, everything. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.14 that the love of Christ controls us. Not him, us. You see, Paul knows specific people in the Corinthian church that have come into this kingdom life. He's not talking to everybody. He's talking to a specific group of people that he knows are living this life out. Because you see in Corinthians, he talks to some of the Corinthians and said, I can't have this conversation with you. I actually can't share stuff with you. I want to, but I can't. Because you're unable to hear and receive it. So he says, the love of the Father, this love that says, Father, forgive for that hold no wrongs. I'm controlled by it. Why? Because I've come into it. Through the power of a resurrected life, I want to know that I've been propelled into a love. Ephesians 3, 14 to 20. So I can sing of how high, how wide, how long, how deep is the love of the Father that completely surpasses knowledge. And I can live from it. Beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful, the work that resurrectional life brings us into. He says, by the way, saints, you're to be the same. You're to know how wide, how high, how deep, how long is the love of the Father that surpasses knowledge. And the saints are to bring glory to it through articulating it and allowing it to go to work on their lives. So I'm controlled. Every decision I make is controlled by love. When I go to my death, it's controlled by love. I'm compelled, Paul said, to go and be killed. Even when the prophet came, grabbed his belt, put his hands around him, and said, this is the word of the Lord, Paul said, I'm compelled to go. See, love is not of this kingdom. And that love compels you to do things that other people look and think, one, only you're crazy, and two, can't do because they're still in legal behavior modification see the law can never do what love can 
Love goes beyond people of law. People of law judge, point fingers, smash people of love. Because they're scared of them. Because sometimes people of love, as they love, it reveals our position of law. So we get angry with them. That's what happened to Jesus, wasn't it? Why was he killed? Because he did signs and wonders? Because he was a man of love. And love is truth. And truth revealed the lie. So the lie had to kill it. But he rose again. Because you can't kill love. And that good news. Even though they try and kill you, they can't. Because you can't kill love. Because love comes from resurrection of life. And resurrection of life rose again. And resurrection of life lives forever, doesn't it? So there is no death four weeks ago in Christ. So let's get into this new created life through the power of our seeking and asking and knocking on heaven's door. Amen. So we can actually live this stuff out. Let me keep reading. This new life is full of grace, which enables the person to walk in love when offense and opposition comes at it. And it doesn't revile back when reviled, but offers forgiveness when needed freely. I told you it was a full message. It truly is a life of abundance in Christ, and there is no limit to the measure of this life. This is the life that Jesus died, rose again for his people to come into more and more, and to be demonstrated upon the earth. This life is not discovered on the requirement of keeping of physical laws, but according to the power of an indestructible life. It sort of puts religion to shame, what I'm saying, doesn't it? It puts just ticking boxes turning up and going through motions. It really puts that position in its place. And it hopefully starts to release us out of that if we're in that into a life that's resurrected, a brand new existence. Because a lot of that just looks like my old life with Christ plastered over the top. So I put these clothes on, but I haven't actually got the other clothes off. So although I say I'm a son, I walk as a slave. I still think as a slave and I give as a slave. My whole life has really lived for me. I no longer live, but I still live. Yeah, there's a difference there. I better try and change myself through behavioral modification because I know I'm supposed to be like that, but I just don't seem to be able to do it, and I find myself still living for me. That's right. Because until the power of God is realized through the seeking, the asking, and the knocking, and that power comes and sets you free and cuts that life, and literally, what does power do? It propels, doesn't it? It causes things to happen. Go read Ephesians 3, 14 to 20. Paul is on his knees before heaven praying that the power of God would come into the church. Why? So then the church is able to comprehend with all the saints how high, how deep, how wide, how powerful is the love of God. And then the church starts asking beyond measure for the Father's will. Hopefully we're starting to get some sort of understanding of what resurrection of life is about and not just about a dude that died on a cross 2,000 years ago for your sin. As awesome as that is, please hear me, I'm, that is a powerful word to propel us into more. Okay, that's what it is. How do we live this new created life out more? Remember? If we're in Christ, we're a new creation. So that's good news, isn't it? We can at least go, yes, I'm in Christ, I'm a new creature. Greg, how do I now live more of this life out? This is what I'm about to share with you. We must be able to continually hear, receive, accept, and believe the word of Christ. Sounds good, doesn't it? But what do those words really mean when defined by him? Because we, yeah, I believe. 
then how come our lives don't reflect that belief? Yeah, I receive, I hear. Okay, well then, how come our lives don't look different? See, is Christianity about a demonstration or is it about filling ourselves with information? Christianity is all about becoming like Christ, isn't it? And then the demonstration of that then comes through us, isn't it? It's not about storing up information and saying a whole lot of things and facts and going, I have this down. If I cannot demonstrate it, I do not know it. And I pray that would arrest us, that truth would arrest us into and out of religion and into Christianity. Because that's what the resurrection is all about. To continue to live in religion is a crime compared to what he did. And yet so much of that is the church. Religious, pious people profess one thing, can't live it, and then we judge others. No one here. It's all those other churches. Because we've got it all together, haven't we? Greg, you've got it all together. Yes, no, Lord. We must be able to continually hear, receive, accept, and believe the word of Christ. Even what is that? I want to look at that. Okay, let's go to 1 Thessalonians. What's the time? 11.50, okay. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. This is beautiful what Paul writes here. The Thessalonians are in a reality of the truth. They are in a reality of new creational life, of resurrectional life. These people heard the gospel, not just Jesus came and died for our sins, but the good news. They heard it in word, power, Holy Spirit, full conviction. Which then, Bible says in verse 8 and 9, they let go of idols, turned and started following and serving the living God. That's what the word of God will do. It'll propel you out of one reality, have you turn and start living and serving a living God. Is that the word of God that we chew on and meditate on? Or have we got more relationship with words than the word? Are we building on words but not the word? Because the word makes us free. The word changes us. The word births humility, life, grace, mercy, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness. Should I go on? Rest, freedom, trust, faith. Words do nothing. Well, they actually do. They puff you up or they lull you into a false sense of security. But what they don't do is transport you into life. So what is the word of God? Because we talk about it. So let's read this. And this, you know, as I've looked at this and I went, man, do I try and figure out the physical order? Because there's five things I'm going to give you. Is it like, does it go one, two, three, four, five? There's a beautiful pattern to flow. I felt like I said, no, don't do that, idiot. It's written down a certain way. Just speak of the, each of the things and let my spirit teach the people. Because there is an order here, but in the way I'm going to say it, we go, how do you accept it without believing it? And how do you believe it without receiving it? And you need to receive it to hear it. See what happens when you try and understand through the flesh? Slow up, slow up, slow up. I don't, you know. Hear through the Spirit. Okay. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you, key word, received the second key word, word of God, third key word coming, which you heard from us, fourth key word, you accepted it. Not as the word of men, but for what it really is. The word of God, which also performs its work in you 
who, fifth key word, believe. So if you are able to receive the word which is heard and accept and believe it, it performs a work in you. Did we hear that? Do you know what you can do once the work of the word has been performed in you? What are you able to do? Demonstrate it. You're able to live it out. You've been someone who hears by faith and now is a doer of the word. Faith without works is what? You tell me, show me your faith, I'll show you what I do. Is this thing about a demonstration? Through the power of the word, the spirit. Not We can all go out and build homes in Cambodia, pat ourselves on the back, well done the rock. We can all go down and fish and do works and think we're all doing well. And he goes, all that's in vain because none of that was done of me and by faith. And I didn't lead it. So you can't just race off now and go, right, here's legalistic behavior modification. Let's go do something. He said, let's go do, no, 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 I'm not saying that at all. Yes, you said, no, I didn't. <laughs> you see where the tension lies, isn't it? So here we go, let's unpack this, because this is full on. Key words, receive the word of God, hear, accept, believe, equals, performs its work in us. These words are all interlinked. And we cannot separate them from one another. Number one, receive. Paul said he received the gospel, the word of God, through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Upon the revelation of Jesus, he received the message. We go, yeah? No, we should be going, wow. How have you received the words? Because one births true life and the other births nothing. You see, he says, according to my former manner of life, which I studied under Gamaliel, which is the system of the world, I acquired a whole lot of knowledge. But I did not receive it from Holy Spirit God. I received it from Gamaliel. I received it from what was written down. I received all this stuff, but I did not receive it by revelation of Jesus Christ. The only way you and I have any real knowledge in us is if we receive it through resurrectional power of the cross. Challenge is, do you believe it? Another key word. Are you going to receive it, accept it, receive it today through the hearing of what I'm saying? Can you hear what I'm saying? Because if you can't hear what I'm saying, you're never going to accept it because you've just heard something else and you might be angry with me by now. And you may want to get up and walk out the door. If you do, it's fine. It's okay. Because he builds his church. Paul said he received the gospel, the word of God, through a revelation, apocalypse, an unveiling, an unraveling. Of Jesus, He didn't receive the word through his own ability to receive it, but through revelation, which is by the Spirit. I've said this many a times. Paul is the perfect picture for the church of a man who was receiving it via the system of man, Saul, and the system of God, Paul. If you want to have a look at the two, it's right in front of you to see. What happens when we acquire knowledge of man and of God? The life-changing, that is the kingdom of the world, Saul. This is the kingdom Jesus is going to bring. My kingdom is not of this planet. Okay? So how do we receive the living word of God? Do we and have we received it by a revelation of Jesus or by our own ability to receive it, our flesh. And there's truckloads of scriptures on the revelation of Christ, I build my church. If you go digging and looking, I want to give you a spirit of revelation and wisdom. I pray the eyes of your heart would be open to the knowledge. How does that happen? Through your ability to find that? No, through the power of the resurrected life, that the power leads you into that knowledge. 
It's about receiving knowledge to understand it. But we go on a journey to understand knowledge, wondering why we're not in it, which means we can't live it. And so we hear stories about Father, forgive, and we go, that's impossible. That's impossible. Yes, in the flesh, it is fully impossible to do, but in him, it's not. Because that is the commandment again. The word of God. What is the word of God? The word of God is Jesus Christ and the words that came forth from his mouth. The word of God is Jesus Christ and the words that come forth out of his mouth. Powerful stuff. Jesus rose from the grave. The word of God is powerful. It rises from the grave. He was with God, is God, continues to walk and walked and then sent his spirit. Massive. So let me read you the second part. The word of God is Jesus Christ. Words that are living, active. Words that are sharp, dynamic, powerful, creative, penetrative. Words that change reality and words that create life where life isn't. Is that the word that we are dieting on? Monday morning, 8.30, I'm in bed and I'm reading. Danny and the kids have gone to school. And I'm there and I'm praying and I'm meditating and I'm in 1 John 2. And as I start walking through and he's been speaking to me about abiding in and living in and if you're in me and I'm in you, that there's going to be this life that's produced, this new created life. If I truly am abiding in him, if I'm not, I won't. So God's unpacking this and then all of a sudden, the revelation, the, as I'm meditating, not reading, meditating on the scriptures, the Holy Spirit grabs it and goes, boom, into me. And I go, Ugh. and I feel like someone has hit me in the guts and I wasn't ready for it and I'm winded. I'm like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Now I can breathe. I know no one's choking me, but he's windy. He's taking my breath away. You know how long it lasted? An hour. I rang Danielle to share with her what had just happened. He just put in living manner the word of God into me, and I felt it go in, and it hit me physically. And I'm, I can't breathe. And I'm trying to get my rhythm back, and I'm like this. I'm like, I felt like I'd run 10Ks, and I don't run. And it's like, oh, man, like this. I went to the supermarket, and I'm still looking for the thing. I've got to stop, i to breathe. I spoke to Rochelle. This happened three years ago as well. I'm lying in bed. It's about three in the morning. And in a dream, he says, Greg, I want to show you how quickly I hear prayers that are aligned to my will. This is in the dream. And I'm in a phone box. And so I pick up the phone. And as I pick up the phone and put it to my ear, all I can describe is I see this, it's like this invisible cord that's attached to heaven. And this like lightning bolt comes down, goes, into me, like this, and I go, and I woke up, Danny will tell you, I physically woke up and sat up, it like jolted me out of my sleep, and I was like, I can't breathe, what just happened, she goes, do you have a nightmare, I said, no, no, that's what it was, this is the word being put into, a word that is implanted through the ability of humility to receive through the Spirit, though, because I am in the Spirit, of the Spirit. I'm led by the Spirit, so I receive living manna from heaven, and it's changing this stinking vessel, taking me from glory to glory, from more maturity to maturity. And it's for every person in this room and is not here today. Because it's not on our ability. It's not on our ability to, to do commandments and be good people. It is upon the resurrectional power. So let's get to know him. The word of God. Man, listen to this. Psalms 19.7. The law of the Lord. The word is perfect restoring the soul what is our soul mind will emotion his word is perfect to restore it 
He wants to brainwash you and I. You believe that? He wants to brainwash you to think like him. It's a positive thing to be brainwashed by the Lord. Because then we start living like the Lord. No more thinking that's not aligned to the kingdom. No more thinking that lines us into bondage. I'm not a new creation. Stinking thinking that has an outworking, doesn't it? So his word, what I'm talking about, this living substance, the word of God is living, active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It brings the church into rest. Hebrews 4.12, go have a look, see the context. They didn't enter into the rest. Stop working and enter into my rest. How do you do that? Through receiving living manna. Acts 2.37, now when they heard this, what? Peter declaring the words of the prophet Joel. Acts, okay? Peter, full of the power of the Spirit of God, isn't he? Resurrected power now, different dude that was denying him, isn't it? Oh, look at the difference of the power of resurrection or life. One minute you're denying, now you're standing in front of 3,000 people speaking with authority, not any word, my word, and it's living and active. This is full on, guys, and this is what we always should have been hearing. Not just someone's nice little three-point PowerPoint message with some nice points in a video clip that tickles us, makes us feel good, but doesn't change us. Two minutes of his word is what we need, not 20 minutes or 15 minutes of me rambling. But I know this is living. So now when they heard this, Peter declaring these words, they were pierced to the heart. When was the last time you got pierced to the heart because of the word of God? Pierced. Hard heart, boom, broken, softened, able now to receive more and live it out. See, it's all dependent on your humility of heart or your hard heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? Heard the word, spoken, under power, received it. Boom, pierced the heart, turned around, dropped what they were doing. What do I now do? What did he say? Come on, really, guys, if we're in the word, answers should be coming from every part of this, not three people, which is scary because this is the word that's going to change your life. If we are not meditating on it, there is no life. So I know that's hard, but I'm going to speak as a father. If you're not in it, you ain't in life. If we're not eating, we're not living. And there's times when we need to speak as a father and just lay it down like I do with my children. You will not come into this life if you are not eating. And here's these men that they said, he said, repent, and they turned. Listen to the fruit. So then, those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were about 3,000 souls that got added. See what happens when you, as a person who is a new created being, is able to hear, receive, accept, believe. 3,000 people that day were in that posture of the Spirit and they went and got baptized and 3,000 people were added. Nothing to do with their strength, everything to do with the power of resurrected life operating in that moment in time. Let me just list the others and... Because we're out of time. The third thing is here. Here's a scripture I'd go have a look at. John 6, 53 to 64. And James 1, 19 to about 23. The fourth thing is accept. If we won't accept what's being heard, then we're denying it. 
And if you're denying it, then you're being repelled against it. It's all our choices. The fifth thing is believe. And just write this down. A biblical belief is a deep-rooted conviction. And there's nothing casual about that. True, you see the word believe, every time you read believe, in your mind go, I need to have a deep-rooted conviction of what that I'm believing in. So those things all add up to a work that is performed in you and I. And it's huge. And it's supposed to be big. Isn't it? Do we worship a big God or a little God? A big G. And so do you think his ways are going to be big? Do you think they're going to be powerful? Do you think they're going to require much? Do you think it's going to just fall in our lap? Why? Because he knows our hearts. But he also knows the potential of every one of us because we're a new creation. He has done it his way, his way alone. And the only way to his life is to come through his door, his way. Plenty of people, plenty of people are thieves. Do you know what the thief is that comes to steal, kill, and destroy? It ain't Satan. We, we use that. We say the thief comes to steal. Yes, the thief comes to devour, but that passage of Scripture has nothing to do with Satan and everything to do with false teachers who teach another way into the pen. Yes. It's just one example of stuff that we've said, see? Oh, yes, Satan's against me. No, no, it's just false people, teachers. You know what a false teacher is? Anyone that speaks something that's not of Christ. I've done it. Didn't know I was doing it. His grace was covering it. Thank you, Lord. This is why I will only ever speak what I know is of him now through him and my repenting, and him as a father disciplining me out of love, and saying, Greg, some of the things you've been teaching are of you, not me. Stop, because people are believing you, not me. My role, and anyone's role, is to only speak of the Jesus we know, which is we've received through revelation because that's the only thing that's changing us. How do we know it's him? How do we know it's not my smart intellectual knowledge that thinks it's him? But actually now I'm leading a whole lot of people astray and teaching them to come round Christ into this life. No, it's this. Death to life. That's the way. That's what the cross does. The power of the word comes and it kills me and it releases me and now I'm living in the kingdom that Jesus said he was from and I'm able to demonstrate the reality of that kingdom what does that look like love joy peace kindness patience generosity power it's a resurrectional, eternal, indestructible life that nothing can touch. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're building this church your way. And you're building her through the power of your word. And I pray, God, more and more that we would have, and I would have ears to hear the manner of heaven. This word that spoke and creation was formed. Out of nothing there was something because you spoke, let there be light. I want to have fellowship with that word. I want to have true fellowship with you, Father, because you are the word. Union with you because I am maturing and coming more and more into fellowship with you, your son, and your spirit. 
abiding in you. I know you abide in me, but I want to abide in you. So then this work will be done of maturity. I thank you. It is your way. It is the only way. And may we receive, accept, and believe the word today that would pierce our heart and have us turn towards you more and more and more. Just with all our eyes closed, I don't normally do this, but just want to... Is there anyone here that I've communicated a life that's full? It's a life that has meaning, purpose, passion. It's a life beyond this world. Is there anyone this morning that says, Greg, I'm ready to receive his life. I'm ready to receive Christ for the first time and receive the potential to have this full life. Anyone with us this morning that has not made that commitment to him? If you are here, just quickly just put up your hand so I can see, because we'd love to just pray a prayer of faith and belief that will propel you from one world that you're in into this spiritual world. And the Bible says you'll be born again. It means your spirit, which you are, will be awakened to the truth. Anyone here? That's cool. So I pray, Father, we would be a people, a church, that are coming into this full measure. And this measure defines everything. It births humility and it propels us into your life. So may we stop trying and be still and know that you are God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.